God bless America. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's got to be the University of Texas. Um. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 157 of the Unscripted Podcast. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the head honcho of historic tax credits, <laughs> the one and only Dr. Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? Ah, doing really well. Uh, summer's in full swing, finally starting to get a break from the rain here and loving that. And as you mentioned, we uh, got some good news yesterday on our big building project. Uh, Amy's done a lot of great work on that, and so that's great news. So yeah, lots of good things going on with me. How about you? Very exciting. Yeah, a lot of great things, uh, getting kind of... Uh, you know, barreling through uh, June, which yeah, uh, just geez. has gone by in a blink. Um, but things are, are really excellent. But you know what else is excellent, Kirby? What's that, Bill? So glad you asked. That'd be the good strongs over at Bam Bams. I know you've checked out their custom headwear program. Hmm. As we've talked about, it's fully custom caps designed by either you or their team. Really doesn't matter, Kirby. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or less from sample approval. And, and I have even better news. If that weren't good enough news... Mm. I have better news. Wow, what's that? Bam Bams has added factories in Vietnam, so they are not, I repeat, not, that's N-O-T, not <laughs> impacted by the tariffs moving forward. So stock or custom, let Bam Bams be your first and only thought for custom headwear. Love it. That's great. Awesome. Well, Kirby, um, we've got, I think I've got a few topics today. I hope you do as well. Are, do. are you ready to broadcast at a titanium level today uh, yes absolutely we're going to shoot for titanium today sounds always good. Uh, all right do you want to go ahead and start i will i will right. so um it, it's funny it's one of those things where whenever there's an industry event um sometimes i get the 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 promo fomo and sometimes mm -hmm. i don't right okay. and i found myself this week definitely with the promo fomo okay. um the wlc the the women's leadership conference with ppai looked amazing and i think maybe it's just because i'm starting to know more and more of those folks in the industry looks like that was a great event and i know that spark is coming up and so I'm intrigued and, you know, essentially two events I'm not invited to, right. um, but, but I think two cool events. And so wanted to see like, um, a, if you had thoughts about the WLC, but then B, I think you're going to be at the spark event, right? Absolutely. Right. Um, so let's talk about the first one first. WLC, yep. uh, like you, know a lot of those fabulous women who were down in New Orleans and, and it looked like a, a terrific event in, in such a fabulous city. So I, I, you know, I saw that there was some sort of uh, trolley karaoke. I, thought, <laughs> I saw that there was uh, a lot of fun, but also a lot of really good learnings coming out of there. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think. They did quite a bit of focus on having an accountability partner I saw and some other things. And we had quite a contingent there. We had uh, Josette Bossy from Bay State. We had um, uh, 
both Lori Moore and Amelia Model from uh, Corma Corner. So we had a group down there, and all the reports I heard was that it was a really great time and certainly worth the uh, the time and energy to go down there. But uh, speaking of Spark, and I always feel like I have to to walk on a few eggshells here because uh, of a couple years ago, um, <laughs> I, I said a few things about the inaugural Spark event that uh, I think were taken a little bit out of context. If if, if I'm being completely transparent, um, but uh, you know, after talking with a lot of the folks who were on that inaugural work group, um, uh, really kind of understood where they were coming from. And so, yeah, actually, I've been asked to speak at Spark this year. Which That's is so in, cool. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of come full circle. So it's in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so that'll be a great, great location for that. And I've actually been asked to, um, I'm actually leading almost uh, actually four discussions <laughs> over the wow. course of, of, of a, a, a day. Um, going to talk about being account uh, accountability. Yeah. Um, that's that's number one, and it's really trying to talk about. And it's really interactive discussions. One of the things that actually drew me to speaking at Spark is normally when I speak, just like when you speak, I'm in front of a crowd. There's a PowerPoint, and I'm I'm kind of talking at people. There's there's a little bit of interaction as much as you can generate in that type of a, a setting. Right. But what Jane, what what really drew me in with Spark and talking with Jody Shaw, formerly Jody Mello. Uh, about this when she approached me was, you know, it's really leading discussions. And so I'm really excited about it. There's no PowerPoints. I think I'm going to be on a pool deck, which also absolutely <laughs> uh, attracts me to the, the, the event. So the first session I'm going to do is talking about uh, being transparent in your accountability. And it's, it's, it's leveraging uh, accountability for yourself, your clients, um, but most and your company, but most importantly, yourself. Mm-hmm. So then I'm also leading a breakout session. There's going to be two uh, – the group's going to be split up into um, Spark and Ignite. Spark are people who have been in the industry, I believe, zero to five years. Okay. And Ignite are, are young uh, next-gen professionals who've been in the industry uh, five or more years. So I'm okay. leading that Ignite group. And we're going to talk about maximizing your, maximizing your strengths and overcoming your weaknesses and really embracing not just embracing change but becoming an agent of it mm-hmm. it's learn you know, so i want to help people learn how to drive the change i think it's very easy for all of us to kind of point and say this should be different this should be different right. that's fine but how do you actually affect that change so i'm excited right. i think that'll be a good one um the one i'm most nervous about is okay. overcoming adversity to maximize personal growth so I'm going to talk uh, very transparently about my uh, my journey and uh, talk about embracing failure, learning from your defeat, and, and how you can use that to really tap into your greatest potential, both personally and professionally. Cool, and the, man. The last, the last session I'll do is a, a – the, it's called the power of you. It's storytelling to engage, influence, and inspire. And, and you know, we don't tell enough stories. And I'm not talking about a long story, but you know, making things relatable. I don't think we spend enough time when we're speaking with our clients to make things uh, relatable. So I'm, I'm real excited to, to lead those four discussions. They're not big yawn yaps by me. Um, you you would recognize actually the. Um, finding your voice part of it. Um, I did a, a segment of that at the OPA event where I asked everybody to kind of develop what their personal brand was and define it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a really cool interactive uh, discussion, I think it was. You, you gave me some great feedback on that as well. So I'll be there. Danny Rosen's going to be there. He's got a session he's doing. Uh, Brittany David's going to be there. So really excited to become be, be part of it and see what, it, what it's all about because, you know, 
like I said, you know, it's been a couple of years since uh, we've really addressed Spark, and I'm um, just real excited to be part of it. That's cool, man. I, I the idea, you know, I think one of the ideas of, regardless of the semantics of what it's called, the the idea of bringing um, the the youth, um, the the younger folks in our generation and putting them together and helping them grow is exciting. And the idea that we're tying to sort of that, the, I don't know, older generation is the right term, but yeah. folks who are more experienced, to me, that just makes sense. I think that was a piece that was missing in the past. And so, um, no, I think that's exciting, man. That's yeah, exciting. I, I agree. And I, you know, what I really hope to accomplish there is, you know, Danny Rosen, who he, he's posted this picture a couple times, and it's an an old guy and a young guy, and, and old guys wearing "Talk to young people, they know cool shit," and the young <laughs> person is wearing a shirt that says "Talk to old people, they know cool shit." <laughs> and I think if we kind of come to, and, and I do think this group does come with that uh, perspective, is hey, we can all learn from each other. Yes. And and so I'm really really excited uh, about that. So no, it, it awesome, should be man. a fun time. Yeah. So I'm sorry you're gonna have promo FOMO. I definitely um, am. I wish you had that nomo, but uh, <laughs> you're not going to be there, and we're going to talk about you a lot. <laughs> I doubt that, but that's awesome, man. That'll be fun. Now, I, I assume people are still able to register for that. Yeah, there's, stuff, I right? think there's a, it's sold out every year, so I think there's a couple of spots left. So if you go to, I think it's PPAI, PPAI.org slash events slash spark, you can get all the information there. I think there's a couple seats still available, but it's going to sell out like it always does. Like I said, it's a great event, and uh, Joe and her team does a great job. The work group does a fantastic job. And like I said, I'm kind of honored to be part of it. Be yeah, that's awesome, man. Cool. Cool, All cool. Right. Well, Kirby, I'm going to kind of turn the page a little bit here. Okay. And I am sure you're aware that June is Pride Month. Are you yes, aware of this? So I am. Yeah. L- I, I actually literally have to look at a piece of paper because these are very hard letters to say in succession. It's LGBTQ plus month, right? So it's Pride Month. And I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of corporate mm-hmm. uh, uh, entities are, are kind of hopping on board. There's yep. been a lot, uh, quite a, a few apparel pride collections from like J. Crew, Under Armour, Gap, Calvin Klein, Tom's, Nike, um, Absolute came out with a ra- rainbow bottle. Skittles has a rainbow packaging. Bud Light even has rainbow-colored aluminum bottles. Yeah. Um, the, the aluminum bottles. Even company, you know, so companies are scrambling to get involved. And even conservative companies like Disney, right? The mo- one of the most conservative companies on the planet, they actually held their first pride parade at Disneyland Paris. Hmm. Okay, cool. There great. has been some backlash, though. Sure. Jack Daniels was very prominent at the Nashville Pride Parade. They had a couple of trailers there. And as you know, I'm a Tennessee Squire, so I, I have a tie to Jack Daniels. And several of Tennessee Squires were so offended by that, they turned in their Squire cards, and they don't mm-hmm. want to be associated with Jack Daniels anymore. So let me ask you, the, the question I really want to ask is, when you see companies suddenly embrace a movement like Pride Month, do you feel it's supportive or opportunistic? And I can answer if you'd like to think no, about it. No, I, I, I can easily answer. I think it's both. Um, okay. Um, and, and I think it depends on, obviously, the company. But the reality of it is um, I'm sure that there are times when it is opportunistic only. Yep. But I think most of the time they, um, companies are looking to embrace a um, – and I'm speaking specifically of this Pride, uh, Pride Month – they're embracing an audience that, quite frankly, has been shunned and ignored for a long time. And the idea that suddenly that's becoming more um, accepted 
and I know that there, certainly there's a long way to go on that. To me, that's really exciting and truly really exciting. And and so the the idea that like I actually I'll tell you right now, there's a, at least some suppliers that have rainbow collections that are we had a, a visit from a supplier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Gold Bond has a, a an entire selection of rainbow products, mm-hmm. um, which I think is smart. Um, and but I think that it, it's fascinating when you go down that path that that you are going to get some pushback from folks who, as you said, might be more conservative and are against that. To me, yeah. I, again, you know this. I wrote a book called "I'm a Fan of Happy." And so I believe in people being themselves and being happy. And so many times I I think the judgments against it are silly. So that's my take. No, good take. And and what I see is, you know, of course, some of the companies are probably opportunistic to an extent. Sure. Um, It's it's an audience they want to reach. It's an audience that has a disposable income. And so therefore, hey, you know, we want to tap into that just like they would any other group. Here's where I come down. I think it's mostly supportive. Because mm-hmm. businesses are taking risks on alienating a traditional client base. Yeah. So to me, that is a, that inherently means they're supportive. Even if there's a, a component of, of being opportunistic in it, mm-hmm. it's a supportive thing. I mean, we really live in a world of inclusion now, or, or at least I think we're trying to we're, be. Yeah, we're moving in that direction. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, when I see things, people get all butthurt about – um, companies supporting Pride Month and things like that. All I can think of is, wow, you're really on the wrong side of history here. Yeah, that, yes, that's um, exactly right. Yeah, you know, it's like when when you know you look in the late '50s and where there, were, there were people trying to block African American students from entering a traditionally white college, and you look at that and you think, my goodness, how ignorant that is. Yeah. Right. And I think the same thing will happen in hopefully sooner than 50 years. <laughs> but at the, with the companies saying, gosh, I'm going to boycott Jack Daniels because they supported a parade or they, you know, donated money to a, an organization that, that furthers inclusion. Um, I, I just don't get it. So I do think, like you, it's inherently supportive. Again, and I go back to that, that, uh, that point is that they're, they're taking a risk on alienating a client base. And to me, that is the biggest sign of support you can have. Well, and again, I, I th- I'm struggling with this because I know, again, this is one of those topics where you've had a little more time to think about it than me. But as you're talking about it, I'm going, yeah, I suppose you could make the argument it's cynically that it's opportunistic. On the other hand, is it opportunistic when we market to um, 25 to 45-year-old men in beer commercials during football games? Is that opportunistic or is right. it just trying to reach the audience you're trying to reach you, you see what i'm saying i mean like the, i don't to me that's if you're trying to reach the the lots of letters lbg I, and forgive me no uh, it's okay it's the, lgbtq plus yes so if you're trying to reach that community celebrating pride month and being in a parade is a way to do it i don't I, think that's opportunistic i think it's marketing <laughs> well, in marketing, by its definition, is being opportunistic. Right. <laughs> so I don't think it's again opportunistic has a can. I think generally it has it evokes immediate negative connotation. Right. I don't think that's necessarily the case. If there's an opportunity to help someone, that's also being opportunistic. So yeah. I, I think I think we can sit here and slice and dice the word, but I think overall the 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 
I think where, where you and I both end out here, and I don't want to speak for you, is that it's it's supportive, but yes, of course, there's an opportunistic tone to it, just like there is everything else in the world. Right. No. But I, I honestly, I think from what you're telling me, that this is this is a good step forward. Oh, I think because so. exactly what you just said is, I feel like it's like the. Uh, the idea of being on the wrong side of history is exactly yeah. how I feel about it. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? Um, I do. So I, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Adidas, um, this is sort of a branding piece. This was one of those LinkedIn um, topics. Adidas is losing its right to the Three Stripes branding. Um, a um, court just um, essentially ruled that the stri- Three Stripes alone are not enough from a, you know, they don't get to own three stripes. Um, and I thought that was an interesting thing from for an iconic brand um, that came down from a branding perspective. And I didn't know if, A, you saw that, and B, if you had an opinion about it, because obviously Adidas is a player in the promo industry. Right. And it, quite frankly, uh, growing, I think, in the retail side, yeah. um, trying to overtake Nike. I mean, you Nike, you've got Under Armour, you've got Adidas. And the idea that they took this hit, I thought was kind of a big deal. Yeah, I actually I did not see that. So this is my first time hearing it. Um, and I, as I was listening to you, I, I remembered, um, you remember Kinney Shoes, K-I-N-N-E-Y? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had four stripes. I just remembered as a kid, you know, my mom would try to go on the cheap and buy me Kinney Shoes and pass <laughs> them off as uh, Adidas. Yeah. Um, and it didn't, didn't fly. But anyway, um, interesting question. So when I think of Adidas, I think if they have, to, I don't think of that, the three stripes as their logo. Mm. Um, they have two logos. They, so they have the stair step three stripes, which is a newer version of their logo. Mm-hmm. And then they have that kind of flower logo you know what i'm talking about it's almost like a three-pronged it looks like a, it almost looks like a cactus and it has mm-hmm. stripes in it do you know what i'm talking about sort of yeah it's ironically old I'm, school. I'm wearing an adidas shirt but the logo's on the back and so i can't see it yeah well i mean so i i think of the more the older logo is that iconic logo oh right, right um right. that i think that uh, that makes sense to me to just say hey three stripes that's ours I, I don't I, I kind of agree with the court here. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like when you know the Lake or what did Pat Riley, the former head coach of both the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat, he trademarked the term three peat. <laughs> so that that to me is a mishmash of words that makes sense. But if he tried to uh, you know trademark the term three times repeat, Champions, no, you can't do that. So to me, it's 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 a it's different. It's just kind of the way you look at it. But just simply three stripes. Yeah. I don't think you can trademark that. Now I do think, you know, when I do look at Adidas shoes, I think three stripes. Right. So I think from an actual um, merchandise perspective, they got a problem. Right. Um, especially from the shoe side of things. When I yeah. think, you know, but I think you can skirt it around and kind of go back to your retro logo, and everybody loves retro logos anyway. Right. I think you're okay, but I, it'll be interesting to see what they do on the shoe side of things. Yeah, totally. Well, it, again, this was just one of those things that, uh, that jumped out at me as a branding topic. So cool. All we'll right. Move on. I'm going to blindside you real quick here. Love it. Speaking of branding, so I was thinking of bands. You know how much I love music? Yep. And I was thinking of bands that have just iconic branding. Okay. Um, and I, I thought about this as I was driving home from work the other day and stuck in traffic. It took me 12 minutes to get home. It was insane. Um <laughs> All right, so here's ones I thought of. This is off the top of my head. 
Okay. Run DMC. Very clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can recognize it instantly, right? Right. Prince with the symbol. Yep. When he stopped using the word Prince and became the artist formerly known as Prince. Yep. Um, the Ramones. They have that very cool presidential seal looking um, uh, logo. The Sex Pistols with the cutout letters, mm-hmm. um, like from a magazine, like someone was you know writing a ransom note. Uh, Guns and Roses, Damn, I think, is you, an iconic. You stole my Guns and Roses. <laughs> I wrote down G and R. That's okay. Uh, Kiss, I think, is an iconic oh, logo. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Van Halen, I do think it's iconic. I do think it's an iconic logo. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beatles, I think, is super iconic because of that lettering. Yep. But the one I think is the most iconic is the Rolling Stones with mm-hmm. that tongue. Yeah, um, it's one. the only thing that they ever did that was better than the Beatles. Trust me on that. <laughs> so I mentioned a few there, and I'm probably shit on a couple you would have mentioned. What bands come to mind when I ask you who has an iconic logo or brand? Yeah, so the the uh, first one that came to mind, literally, you said that, and I went Guns N' Roses. Like okay. I just and and I just immediately think of that one. Um, right. Zach Brown Band, I think, okay. has an interesting kind of. That was the next kind of thing that popped into my head. Uh, Jimmy Buffett always comes into my mind from a branding perspective. Just and I don't know that there's like a specific logo with him, but just when you think of him, he has a, an iconic brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I got. Guns N' Roses, Zach Brown, Jimmy Buffett are probably the ones that, that kind of jump into my mind right off the top of my head. I, I, here's another one I thought of. Metallica, I think, is a very oh, iconic looking ACDC. Logo as well. There you go. Look ACDC. at you. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, ACDC. See? Yeah. Cool. All right, All right man. You know where we're at right now? Where's that? Now, it, oh, thank you so much for asking, Kirby. It's time for the promo person of the week. Yes. Dedicated to highlight that one person in the promo industry who is really grabbing our attention and making us take notice. Now, Kirby, it is your week. It is? To talk about. Yes, it is. I know. <laughs> I know. It is your week. I actually texted you this morning saying, hey, just a reminder, Kirby. Yeah. Promo person of the week. Um, Absolutely. So, I, but you, I know you'd already thought about it. Who is... I don't have a drum roll sound. Let, yeah. I, I won't do that again because I got a lot of crap uh, last time I did the. <laughs> it was not great. <laughs> no, it was it was uh, much non wow. Yeah. So, go ahead. Okay. Tell me, so tell me your promo person of the week. The promo person of the week this week. It's the way that I sort of do this is, and I actually overthought it a little bit because I have this person immediately, and then I was like, I went around the industry trying to think of somebody else, and then I finally came back to the mayor of millennials. Uh, Sam Cabert. Okay. Sam Cabert is my pl- promo person of the week. I, I I just love. He has truly embraced the idea of being a media company. I love his new brand, the new Swagworks brand, where mm-hmm. he re, re relaunched his brand. He does podcasting. He's got a video series uh, with Silicon Valley. I, to me, I feel like he's taken what you and I have talked about from a media and content perspective right. and and other people have talked about Gary Vee and all that stuff, but he's really embraced it. And so he's one of those guys that I listen to, I pay attention to. He writes a, I know he writes a column for you guys. Yep. He's just one of those guys who I think is an, is a young leader in our industry and is an independent thinker. And I think the world needs more of that. Uh, great choice. What I love about Sam is that he's uh, continually on a journey to improve himself, and yes. he's not scared to share what that journey is. Yes. Um, he's very transparent. He is uh, has a truly good heart, and, and he's a lot smarter than people would, would, you know, he would let people believe. Right. Um, and so I have a lot of admiration for Sam. Um, he does a lot, like you said, a lot of podcasts, and he is really, he's constantly in a journey to really find out what his purpose is. Yeah. And the way 
way he shares that in such a raw, honest, candid way is an authentic way is uh, truly inspiring so big fan love the promo person of the week sam your box of virtual high fives will be in the mail tomorrow yeah we really need to create i was thinking about this this morning we need to create a little graphic that we put everybody's picture in each week okay. uh, for the promo person of the week so sounds like sounds like a job for hasman marketing <laughs> okay i'll work on that awesome <laughs> fair well enough. kirby cool. it's time for fill in the blank and i'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor Awesome. Be the good, good strongs over at Gold Star. You know, they're well known in our industry as a fantastic, fun company that produces really high quality writing instruments. I'm using one right now, actually. Love it. They are the clear leader in the category, but you know, a lot of companies like to say they're the leader um, because it's an undefined marketing term that no <laughs> one can really pin their, you know, pin their tail on, for lack of a better term. Um, but I like to explain why Gold Star really is the leader. We can actually quantify it. And one of the, you know, let me share a couple of these here. Number one is choice. They have over 300 different writing instruments in stock at any given time. So there's truly something for every client and every budget. That certainly makes them the leader. The capacity, they have more full color and laser engraving decoration than any writing instrument supplier in the company. And what that leads to is the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Mm. Full color wrap and bestsellers are turned around in 24 hours. You have 72-hour production on just about everything else, and that includes free shipping to the United States and Canada. If you need more evidence of why Gold Star is the clear leader, I don't know why you would, but you could go over <laughs> to goldstarpens.com toolkit. And when you're over there, you're going to get some great ideas on how pens can be more than just a promotional writing instrument. You're going to get a free brand story toolkit, and you're not going to be sorry you did. Big fans of Gold Star, uh, R.J. Hagel, Kenny Ved. Uh, Howard Cubberly, Charles Dugan, Alicia Durking. I could go on and on. Just a great, great group of people and really represent a quality product. Love it. Awesome, awesome. man. All right. I have a theme this week, Kirby, okay. for fill in the blank. If I may, go ahead and start us off. Yep. Go for it. These are deep thoughts, Kirby, words that people will have used to describe you at various stages of your life. Okay. Ooh, boy, you sound tense already. Yeah, I, lo- that's I love right. it. Love it. Kirby, you were a fiery tennis player. We all know that. <laughs> yeah. Bl- blank is the word your tennis coach would have used to describe you back then. Difficult. <laughs> um, and I, I, had, I had three tennis coaches when I was in high school in particular. Um, and, you know, I, obviously I was a pretty good tennis player, but I, I really was pretty volatile. Um, and I, I got better as it, you know, you get a little bit older. But even as a senior, you know, I struggled. And so it was one of those, and I, I probably make it worse than it really was, but it tennis, much like golf, they're, they're very mental games. And so I could get inside my own head and it, it was like, if you could recalibrate yourself, all of a sudden you started playing better. And so I was probably pretty difficult. Fair enough. Okay, that is fair enough. Go ahead. All right. My theme this week is college and university. All right. Okay, so the best thing about your college experience was? That I failed out of college and clawed my way back in to graduate. 
Um, okay. <laughs> I don't think most people would, would you know, look at that. I always like to say, you know, Texas A&M invited me to pursue academic excellence elsewhere, um, <laughs> which they did. Um, I was asked to leave after a semester when I got a 0. 0.8. Uh, that hmm. would be, for those of you scoring at home, that would be taking 13 hours and getting four Fs and getting a D in a bowling class. Wow. Yeah. There's a story behind that that I'm not going to bore everybody with now. It's actually pretty funny, but. Um, I should have gotten a B in that bowling, but that wouldn't have materially really helped my GPA. <laughs> no. um, and then I, I struggled to kind of rise out of that. And uh, after another semester, they asked me to leave. And so one of the most difficult things I ever do is kind of slink my sorry ass back home and go to a community college and uh, get my stuff together, for lack of a better term. And what that taught me was um, I had coasted through high school. High school is easy for me. I didn't have to try. I was in the top 3% of my class, and I had a graduating class of 1,500 people. And so I didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to work for my grades. I didn't know how to really work at all. Um, except just work, you know, like at a job. And so what it taught me was, hey, you know, not everything's given to me. And I right. still look at that as the single greatest lesson uh, that I ever, uh, ever got in life because I went back and I did graduate and it's one of my proudest achievements uh, that I have. Cool. That's awesome. That's really good. All right, Kirby, blank is the word your father, Rod, the great Rod Hossman, would use to describe you when you first started your, a bit, when you first started your entrepreneurial journey. The word that my father would have used to describe me, um, tenacious, I would okay. say. Um, you know, I, I, it's interesting. I, I don't think that um, there was like a lot of discussion about it. I just kind of charged forward once I had the idea that I wanted to go out in business for myself. Um, obviously, they were very supportive of that. Um, but, you know, I think it's when and when I say entrepreneurial journey, I sort of think that starts when I went into straight commission sales. I left a, I left a salaried position and came in the promo world and said, look, I'm going to take this big chance. I have a kid, I have a mortgage, I have all this stuff. And I can't like failure is not an option. And I truly treated it that way. And so I think that the reason that it worked is because I wouldn't let it not work, not because I was smart or, you know, talented. Right. It was just that I was like, I'm not going home until I sell something. And so tenacious, I think, is probably the right so, word. Something we ought to explore at some point is I disagree with the failure is not an option because mm -hmm. I think failure is always an option. So we should discuss that at a later time. But I love okay. the mindset. I do love the mindset. And I'm not shitting on your point. I think that's right. a great one. Cool. All right, Kirby, go ahead. If you had to choose a college now, the place you would go to college now is? The greatness that is Texas A&M University, <laughs> Kirby. There is no other choice. Okay. Um, I, I tell you what, um, the experience I had there was tremendous. It's changed so much since I was, was there. When I went to college from 1987 to 1992, yes, it took me five and a half years to graduate. Mm -hmm. Because of the aforementioned pursuing academic excellence elsewhere for a little bit, um, it was a sleepy town for the most part, except for the college. You know, it right. was still a huge university, 45,000 uh, undergrads at the time. I think it's closer to 65 now. But, uh, you know, basically an hour and a half north, uh, northeast of Houston, three and a half hours southeast of Dallas, uh, 90 minutes east of Waco, really in the middle of nowhere. Um, now it's become a more of a thriving metropolis, but I still, still think it has that small campus feel. That was the one thing I always loved about Texas A&M. Even though it was a big, sprawling campus, it felt like a very, very small community. And I think it's done a really nice job retaining that. And so since it's really the only experience that I know, I, I would go back to Texas A&M. Love it. All right, Kirby. 
You and Amy are on the precipice of becoming empty nesters. Very close, mm, right? Yeah. Blank is the word Jade would use to describe you right now, now, while blank is the word Skylar would use to describe you right now. Okay, I I would say anxious is the word Jade would use to okay. describe us now, because I, I think that's true. You know, sure. we are, and then um, Skylar would probably fall in the same anxious or, it, there's a fine line between anxious and excited. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, um, I think both Amy and I are anxious in the sense that, gosh, we really like our kids and we enjoy hanging out with them and enjoy having them around. I think we're also excited because we're looking at, hey, this is one of those moments where, it, you know, if we want to go someplace for the weekend, we can do that without worrying about um, right. what's going to be going on at home and that sort of thing. Um, can we increase our our recreational travel a little bit. I think that's something that we're looking forward to. But then we're anxious because, boy, Amy and I do not sit around well together. Right. Like we, we get kind of miserable that way. So it's trying to make sure that we intentionally fill that time and make time for each other. So anxious and excited. Awesome. Love it. Okay. If you can't say Texas A&M, <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> the college with the best brand is... <sighs> God bless America. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's got to be the University of Texas. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, I uh, and it's probably because I grew up in proximity, right? right so right. there, there were three types of people when I went. You know, when I graduated high school, you, you either went to Texas A&M, you went to the University of Texas, or you went somewhere else. So, uh, gosh, I I hate you. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to have to say the University of Texas. I think they've got a very iconic, very, you know, I think of football uniforms when I think of the brand. I think right. of football helmets. They have a very clean helmet. I hate that burnt orange color. I'm sorry, but I do. It's just horrific. But that that simple white helmet with the burnt orange longhorn steer on it, um, very clean. So I, I, um, I, I hate you so much right now. A <laughs> little, little throw up in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kirby. When you say to Amy... I have an idea. Blank <laughs> is the word she would use to describe you. Um, the the word she would use to describe me in that moment is probably frenetic, excited, something like that. Like it, it I was actually just telling this story. We actually have a a system because mm -hmm. the, for 25 years I have walked up to Amy and said, "Hey, I've got an idea." And mm -hmm. so th in every relationship there's an idea person and a logistics person often, right? Like a lot of relationships have that. And John Acuff actually has a book where he talks about this and he says, the idea person's going to be coming up with ideas. The logistic person thinking they're helping is, are going to say, well, have you thought about this? And have you thought mm -hmm. about this? Well, the idea person sees that as them shitting on the idea. Right. Right. And they think they're helping. And so we have a rule. I bring up an idea. She listens quietly. I generally start the idea with, Hey, this is just an idea. I'm not going to mortgage the home. Right. Okay. She starts qualifying. <laughs> yep. And then she says, okay, and doesn't say anything. Um, and then uh, 24 hours later, if I'm still talking about it, it means that I've thought about it enough to like get through some of the things. And now I want her input. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, that allows us to really uh, kind of hash out ideas. Because a lot of times, 24 hours later, I've left that idea sure. in the dust. <laughs> yeah. like and so uh, that's sort of our 
deal. And so whenever I come up with an idea, actually what freaks me out, Bill, you'll love this, mm-hmm. is when I say I've got an idea and immediately she thinks it's good. Yep. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. All awesome. right. One more. Okay, final one for you. Yeah. The chances that Texas A&M will win the football national championship this year is? 3.78%. Um, <laughs> I think they've got a tough schedule. And any time you, uh, you have to face Alabama, Auburn, uh, every year, I mean, that's mm. tough. And, yep. and, you know, so they're, they're in the toughest conference, in the toughest division of the toughest conference. So um, and they played Georgia this year in Athens. So it, they have a very difficult schedule. Um, I, I just would like them to compete. I thought they did a great job of competing last year, and I'd like to see a step above. I don't have expectations of them ever winning a national championship. Okay. All right. Well, cool, man. Kirby, we are at rapid fire. So I think you know the rules. I'll go over them for anybody who's listening for the first time. I'm just going to give you two choices, two choices only. You just pick the one that makes the most sense to you, the one that pops into your mind. And I can't underscore this enough, Kirby. There are no right or wrong answers. Just pick the first one. You don't even have to explain why. Okay. The theme this week is inventions that make summer even more awesome. Okay. All right. Are you ready for this? This is right. Up, this is right in your alley. There, yep. This is right in your wheelhouse. There's no reason you should get any of these wrong. So you, there, there can't be a wrong answer. So this is right. fun, right? We're gonna have some right. fun. Bring it. Lawn chairs or pool noodles? Pool noodles. Sunscreen or beach umbrella? Sunscreen. T-shirt or Hawaiian shirt? T-shirt. Board shorts or bikini? <laughs> Board shorts. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> charcoal grill or gas grill? I'm going to go with gas grill, and that will be unpopular. I'll, I'll accept that answer. Canoe or paddleboard? Uh, canoe. Uh, sunglasses or flip-flops? Sunglasses. Wrong. Um, <laughs> ice cream cone or hamburger? Uh, ice cream cone. Okay. Swim goggles or snorkel? Snorkel. S- uh, neighborhood lemonade stand or a slip and slide? Oh, neighborhood lemonade stand. Uh, squirt gun or lawn sprinkler? Lawn sprinkler. Beer or beer koozie? Beer. Uh, air conditioning or ceiling fan? Uh, air conditioning. Wrong. The answer was both. You need both for a great okay. summer curb. You need <laughs> okay. air conditioning and a ceiling fan. Uh, looks like we missed on the bikini. We list on, missed on the flip-flops. So you were getting better, but again, <laughs> let, let's try to be better next time. And I speaking will. of next time, really want to thank our sponsors this week, Bam Bams. We talk about their custom headboard program. Fully custom caps designed by your team, their team, designed by your brother. It doesn't really matter. As long as uh, as long as long it's uh, been approved, the sample's been approved, it's going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or less. And as I told Kirby at the top of this fine broadcast, Bam Bams has some great news for you because they've added a factory in Vietnam so that they're not impacted by the tariffs moving forward. So again... Stocker Custom, let Bam Bams be your first and only thought for custom headwear. Kirby, as always, a pleasure to record this podcast with you, and I hope you have a great summery day. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.